0: Our reading this morning is from Psalms, uh, Psalm number 139, verses 1 through 9. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, You know it completely. You hem me in, behind, and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Many of you have heard me talk about growing up in a family where I was the youngest of four daughters. So you can imagine, with four daughters in a household, it was rarely a quiet place. There was, uh, you know, really by the time I have any memory, some of my sisters were teenagers or tweens. There was often little squabbles about who went into whose room without permission or who took whose toy or sweater or mascara or, you know, all the stuff. And I was the youngest, so I had no seniority in the household, which meant that I was uh, very good at getting ready fast because I was the last one in the bathroom. My other sisters would hog the bathroom and the mirrors and the sinks, and I just had to squeeze in when I could get a moment in there. I had also no seniority when it came to the television and what show we were watching. And of course, back in the day, there were only like, you know, four channels or something like this, but I know, (laughs) kids today. Um, (laughs) There weren't that many of them. So I didn't really get to choose what was on TV, except when my sisters would go off to school when I was really little. And then I got the TV all to myself because I wasn't in school yet. And the highlight of my mornings was getting to watch Sesame Street in peace and quiet. And then Sesame Street was followed by Mr. Rogers. And that was my favorite. Because Mr. Rogers was so gentle and so slow. And I always felt like he was talking to me and that I was a part of his neighborhood. And I really wish that Mr. Rogers lived next door to me. But if he couldn't live next door to me, I was really glad that he was just right there. I can remember one time when I was fairly little, I guess this was one of the other perks of being young, is that my my mother's whole family was from Florida. And so we would go to Florida sometimes during the summers. And when my other sisters would go back with my father, because they had to start school, I would stay a little bit longer with my mother and hang out with my grandparents. And I remember my mother and grandmother going somewhere, shopping or something for the day, and they left me in the care of a family friend whom they felt perfectly safe with, but I didn't. I didn't know this woman very well and was pretty nervous about it and anxious that I was being left in Florida with a stranger. And I turned on the television and there was Mr. Rogers And I felt okay about it. I felt like I was going to be okay because here was my friend. He was familiar and comfortable, and he was my neighbor at home, so I guess he was my neighbor here in Florida too. And it was going to be okay. Mr. Rogers was a sense of comfort. I still, to this day, if I catch him on something, I want to watch. I want to lean into that gentleness and to that comfort. When Mr. Rogers was in college, and television was a brand new medium. He was watching some of the programs that were designed on television for TV, and he was greatly disturbed by them because they were programs like Punch and Judy or cartoons, things that had lots of pies and faces, things that were very violent in nature that didn't teach children how to handle their emotions. And he remembered growing up in what he felt was a pretty ideal neighborhood, a place where people loved and cared for each other. And he remembered a particular neighbor. Her name was Mama Bell. And Mama Bell, he knew that if he was bored in the afternoon and he wandered over to her house and tapped on the back door by her kitchen she would welcome him in. And she would make him a piece of toast and put some butter on it and a little jam and cut it up into four toast sticks, she called them. And that was their special treat that they enjoyed in the afternoon. And as Fred Rogers got to be a little bit older, she let him do that himself. And it became a a little sacrament that they shared, a special moment that they could make this little meal together and they could enjoy this little snack. And he carried this on in his life with neighbor children, letting them come and learn how to make toast sticks. It was a way of honoring who they were. Mr. Rogers, more than most people, that children... Knew, knew how to affirm and how to welcome children. I want to I share with you a clip, hopefully we can get it up here, of, of one of Mr. Rogers' encounters with a very special young child named uh, Jeff, was his name, so we'll, we'll, we'll hear about Jeff.
2: Thank you very much for coming by. I asked Jeff, this is my friend Jeff Erlinger, He's one of my neighbors here. And I asked him if he would come by today because I wanted you to meet him and I wanted you to see his electric wheelchair. We've been talking about uh, uh, electric cars and all kinds of things we've been thinking about this week. Uh, Would you show me how you make your chair go?
3: Okay, sure. All right. Well first this is the other switch switching. Mm-hmm. I do this up to turn it on. Okay. And
2: A very fancy machine Thank but you're the one who makes it go right
3: did
2: it take a long time to learn how
3: no not really i did the wheelchair and that only took my first electric wheelchair only took me about a day to learn how to use it
2: gee that's wonderful jeff you your mom and dad must be really proud of you i'm sure they are yeah well i know i am now uh can you tell my friends what it is that made you need this wheelchair.
3: Sure. Well, when I was about seven months old, I had um, I had a tumor, and it broke the nerves to tell my hands and legs what to do. I see. And they tried to cut the tumor, but they I couldn't get it, and I became handicapped. And I got a wheelchair when I was four years old.
2: That was your first one? Mm Mm-hmm. When you were four? Uh
3: Uh-huh.
2: Do you remember that?
3: Yeah, sort of.
2: You must have some mighty good doctors who've been taken care Uh of. Uh-huh. Can you tell me any of your doctor's names?
3: Yeah, I have a Peter... And Dr. Hanson, who works in Madison St. Mary's Hospital and then at UW I have the bone doctor is Dr. Breed who takes care of the bones I guess because he's a bone so. doctor. Uh-huh. Anyway, I had surgery earlier this summer because I have pain in my Stomach called autonomic dysreflexia. And I just. What
2: was that word?
3: Autonomic work? dysreflexia. I'm not exactly sure what it means.
2: But you sure can say it.
3: Yeah. Anyway, so I had a surgery done just recently mm-hmm. to try and cut this sphincter because it's holding my urine. Now well, you have a lot of things going on when you're. It just shows you have a lot of things happen to you when you're...
2: But and uh, sometimes
3: it happens when you're not handicapped.
2: Of course. But you're able to talk about those things. Yeah. So well. And help other people.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Who might have the same kinds of things.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, do you know that song that I sometimes sing called It's You I Like?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'd like to sing that to you and with you. Okay, okay. sure. It's you... I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now. The way down deep inside
3: you. Not the things that hide you.
2: Not your fancy chair. (laughs) That's just beside you but it's you I, I like you. Every, every part of you
3: me. your
2: skin In your eyes
3: your feelings. whether well old, old or new I, I hope that you remember even when you're feeling
2: blue you. that it's
3: you I like It's you yourself
2: It's you It's you you. I I like you And it is you I like, yeah. Thanks. And there must be times when you do feel blue. Uh Uh-huh. What do you do during those times?
3: Well, it depends.
2: Sometimes do you make up stories? Yeah. Or read.
3: Yeah.
2: Or play. I know that's the way I did when I was a little boy. Had all kinds of things that I would Did it help? It did help. Yeah. Does it help you? Yeah. We have to all discover our own ways, don't we? Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Of doing things when we're feeling blue. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling blue right now, though.
3: Me neither.
2: I'm so glad that you came today. Thanks. Thank you. And I hope you'll come back to visit again. Okay. Will you? Yeah. And will you give your mom and dad my best?
3: Sure. Because
2: they are sure great people.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Bye. Bye
2: Bye-bye, Jeff. I'll watch you as you go.
1: Maybe I should have told you to get out your hankies. <laughs> he had such a lovely way of relating to children and to relating to their emotions and to normalizing them and to helping them know that it was okay to be sad or to be angry and that every part of them was valued and important and, and worthy of being loved. When I was growing up, there was somebody in our neighborhood who was my friend's grandmother. She didn't live with my friend, but when we would go over and see her, and whether we saw her five days in a row, um, it didn't matter. Every time we would walk through the door, she would exclaim, well, this is something that never happened before but we were just there yesterday. But to her, it was a new day. It was Tuesday, and we were wearing different clothes, and we were different children than we were yesterday. This is something that has never happened before. I think of the neighborhoods that we create, that we here at Riviera create a neighborhood for each other and for the broader community here in Redondo Beach and really because we see ourselves as, as Christ people anywhere we go in the world. We are people who seek to honor one another, that seek to create community for people, to build a neighborhood where people feel loved and affirmed and nurtured and supported, that we know that it's you that we like just the way you are. We're going to be talking about Mr. Rogers, actually, over the next couple of weeks, so maybe bring your hankies. Our psalm this morning reminds us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, is the way one of the translations says that. It's a way of that God has created each one of us so beautifully, so remarkably, so intricately. And we affirm that in one another. We affirm that in the ways that we create community and that we build a neighborhood for each other. I want to show one final clip, if you'll indulge me. This was Mr. Rogers receiving a television Lifetime Achievement Award. And uh, I'll let uh, Darren get that up uh, welcome Jeffrey Erlinger.
0: It is... Hi. Oh, God, I'm so glad to you. Oh, thank you for coming. My pleasure. Oh. It is What a surprise. <laughs> I wish it.
3: It's, a, it's an honor to be here tonight, to be part of your proud mom, this proud moment. You know, when, when you tell people that it's you I, it's you I like, you, we know that you really mean it. And tonight, I want to let you know that on behalf of millions of children and grown-ups, it is you that I like.
1: We just had to complete the story a bit of it a bit there. <laughs> Friends, let us pray. God, you have created each one of us so beautifully. You have created us fearfully and wonderfully, that within each one of us you have given unique and special gifts. We give you thanks for the people in our lives that have nurtured us, that have affirmed us that have told us that we are wonderful and special and important. And God, we thank you for the neighborhoods that have raised us. And we pray, God, that we would be a community and a neighborhood that would be safe for all of your children, that would affirm and welcome all of your people, that would affirm the dignity and worth and grace that you have given to each person. God, be in the midst of this neighborhood. Be among us. Help us to be good neighbors here at Riviera and in our greater community. May all who come to know us come to know your love for them. In the name of Christ, amen.